Hey, this is Andrew Mackay-Smith with an introduction before the introduction. Gosh, I feel like Jamie Jasper saying that, but I thought I need to give you, dear listener, a bit of a heads up that the audio quality, my audio quality, so not Gene Hogland's, but my audio quality is absolutely shocking through this conversation here. But Gene offers far too much worthy insight for me not to broadcast the podcast episode. So I've done everything I can in Premiere Pro, which is a program that I use to edit the podcast conversations to fix it use pitch shifter and a few other things but it was a bad audio source to begin with from my part so my apologies to you dear listener and also to gene if you happen to listen to this one here but please do try to bear with me through the audio quality on my side because gene offers so much wonderful responses and so much great content there particularly about the great chuck chaldina so here we go you're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I have coming up for you is Drum God, Drum Legend, one of the greatest hard rock, heavy metal. However you want to describe him, he's one of the best drummers that's ever existed. It is Gene Hoglan. The reason for the conversation is to talk up his appearances in Dark Angel. God, I never thought I'd say that, but here we go. His appearances in Dark Angel in Australia... The band are touring in September, and I'll read out the four dates. Brisbane on the 25th, Sunday on the 26th, Melbourne on the 27th, and Adelaide, you get a show on the 28th. Now, we do talk about some in-store appearances that apparently Gene has lined up as well, but I cannot find them anywhere online, to be honest with you. So what I suggest you do if you live in Australia or you're travelling here for the shows, if you're outside of the country, just Google when those shows will be, because I have no doubt that each of the four Dark Angel shows will have a corresponding in-store appearance by Gene demonstrating his considerable technique. Let's get to it. Here he is, the legendary drummer, Gene Hogland. Hey, Gene. Hi, Smith calling for our chat. How are you going? Hey there. How are you? Mate, I'm not doing too badly. It's a sprightly 6am moment where I'm at. Uh, still dark. Holy but... moly. Too early. Well, I got an opportunity to talk to the great Gene Hoagland, so I'm going to take it. You're going to take it no matter what time uh, it is. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that. That's very nice. Thank you. Cool. I wouldn't expect you to remember these things, but when you to Australia back in 1999, yeah, I think I'm wrong, that 98, 1999, with Strapping Young Lab, we actually did have a conversation, and uh, it was a very pleasant one. Oh, yeah, we uh conversation about Chuck, actually, and the work that you were doing, because, of course, Chuck was still back then, and uh, we're talking about some of the work that you'd been involved with uh, death and if there was any chance that you were going to sort of uh, rejoin and uh, get involved in the uh, Control Denied project. Oh, that's right. There you go. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. we see what happened there, so... Yeah, that's that's right. But it's um, I know we talk about Dark Angel, but uh, my God, you know, to talk to you, mate, and appearing some of my favourite albums of all time alongside the great man himself. But I mean, what else can I say? It's uh, your drumming. I think allowed your drumming and uh, not Paul Mel. Who was the fellow who was in the band before you? I can't. Sorry, I'm so early uh, in the that brain. Was Jack Schwartz, yeah, Jack Schwartz. Before Jack me. Schwartz, oh, there you go, and, and Sean Reinert as well. You know, you guys all oh, contributed. Oh, actually, we're about that. Oh yeah, yeah, Billy, Billy Andrews, and Chris Reifert, and Death. I thought you were talking Dark Angel, but uh, oh, you're right. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reinert, Sean yeah. Reinert before me, and before it was Billy, and then there was Chris before him, before Billy. Yeah, yeah. When you were when you were working with Chuck, 
did, was he the sort of guy issue instructions? Because I imagine he just he just assembled the best business available and just said, "Guys, do your thing." Is that how it worked with him? That is precisely how it worked. I mean, Chuck was always, um, you know, he was he was very you know very open minded and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. And, you know, every time I'd come up with some crazy beat, you know, he'd be like, oh, I'm good. You know, I, I, I can I can play my riffs over your beat. So if that's the one you want, go with it. Go sick. Go nuts. You know, I'm 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 good over here. So you keep doing your thing. And so in that regard, you know, Chuck was always Chuck was always, uh, you know, a real pleasure to work with in that way, because mm. you 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 had no handcuffing whatsoever any handcuffing and and it was pretty apparent nobody handcuffed me on the drums i like <laughs> i just i played everything you know on symbolic go oh, talk about there there is definitely some overplaying but you know chuck never ever said you know hey don't play that or or that's not working the only the only time i remember anything like that happening was was uh two two different times and one was in the individual Thought Patterns session, and that's where Scott Burns, uh, while I was tracking, tracking, what was it? Uh, trapped in a Corner? No, not Trapped in a Corner. Uh, Jealousy. Mm-hmm. It's, I think that's a song that goes... Yep. Whatever that... That one. Um, I, I remember Scott had said, hey, man, I'm not feeling that beat. Um, you know, maybe can you simplify it? And I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Real quick. And then on Symbolic, there was another beat somewhere where Jim Morris would, had pretty much said the same thing, like, ooh, I'm not sure about that one. And what was funny is, like, on the beat that Jim Morris had said, hey, that's not happening, I totally just robbed a – it, it was a beat where I robbed from Sean Reiner. It was something awfully stupid. <laughs> it was like, Jim, I, 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 that one's not working for me. I was like, hey, cool, all right, I'll come up with something else. But – as for Chuck, he was always, you know, real gracious and, and real, you know, just like, yeah, man, do your thing. It's going to be great. Hmm. How do you think he was represented in that, that DVD that was released about 12 hours? So I've, I've actually got a copy of it, but do you think it was a fair representation of, of the man himself? Um, is that the movie? Was that yeah. Death by Metal? Exactly. Yeah, that one. Yep. You know, I, I still have yet to see that in full. As a matter of fact, I just watched a few pieces of it for the first time, like this past weekend. Um, you well, know, just okay. God, yep. getting a couple hours to sit down and watch movies. Sometimes <laughs> that's even challenging. But, um, yeah. <laughs> all I know is that I know I tried to represent my uh, relationship with Chuck and our relationship with Chuck, uh, like me and Stevie D and the rest of the band. You know, I try to represent that pretty, pretty accurately, you know, like it, it's pretty well known that, that I, and I've said this before, you know, Chuck was a pretty complex guy, you know, mm-hmm. like some days certain things would affect him that, that, you know, might not affect you or I, um, but I understand that, you know, some, sometimes people see something on TV that they really get, get aggro about. And I do, you know, remember that, that, you know, Chuck, Chuck did not have a lot of trust for the music industry. So I, I, I understand that. I get that totally. Um, uh, and I, 
that's that's where I I tried to represent that portion of it. Like you know, I, I tried to tell it like it is, but there's there's I have no desire or, or care to like attempt to throw Chuck under the bus or anything. There's no point in that. Mm. But um, but Chuck was a complex guy, but he was you know generally he was real cool to work with, and we you know we had a good time up until you know up until he had to you know he had to make the moves that he had to make mm. in order yeah. to keep himself. You know, like when he had to, when he had to, you know, put death aside uh, after the symbolic album, you know, he broke death up. And that's, I think that's probably represented in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he had to move forward. And and the best way for Chuck to move forward was, you know, the statement that was control denied for Chuck, you know, and and more power to him at the time. and, And absolutely, you know, that's. That, that's a cool thing. And, and I, I really liked all the stuff that Stevie D had to say because Stevie D was there. Steve DiGiorgio, he was there. He was an original member of Death, like back in 85 sort of thing. When Chuck first moved out to California, Stevie D was hanging with him then. So Steve DiGiorgio and Chuck Schuldiner, they were best friends. And having Steve DiGiorgio involved in the movie gives it a real credence to me. Yeah, like, credibility, you know, absolutely. Anybody else says, I, 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 you know, I don't care who you are, even me, you know, it doesn't matter what I have to say. It doesn't matter what, you know, the guys from the earlier bands have to say, or even the, you know, the ex-manager sort of thing. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Stevie D was there. He knows what happened. You know, he, he knows, he knows the history. That's all I'm saying. And I'm glad yeah. that Stevie D was the part of the movie. Absolutely. Oh, good on you, mate. You know, thanks for answering those questions. Uh, they were one of the first Absolutely. death metal bands, death, I mean, uh, symbolic, um, well, individual thought patterns as, and deicides lead were the reasons that I got into death metal so heavily. Of course, then I found oh, Covenant. Oh, very cool, man. You know, yeah. And uh, and then I, I think Symbolic's greatest death metal albums ever. And I know a lot of people tend to like the earlier, you know, metal fans, you know, the cult fans. They tend to like the earlier yeah, stuff. Ooh. But, mate, the stuff Symbolic, I just thought, uh, was uh, pr- probably the hierarch in the catalogue, I've got to say. And that's really saying something when you're talking about Chuck Schuldiner. But, mate, you're on it, and your well, drumming's an essential component to his sound. Oh, very cool. Well, I appreciate that, Andrew. That's that's very cool. Yeah, I I, God, I remember when we released Symbolic, and, yeah, the, 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 the hardcore death metal fan, uh, that the, the attitude was very pervasive throughout the scene that, wow, what, what the fuck happened to death? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, what? Yeah. And Chuck did not care. And I appreciate that absolutely. And that's that's where I am. I'm I'm like I I play music for me. If you guys enjoy it, that's a bonus. But it's not going to make me stop playing music if nobody cares. And I'm the only one who does. I'm still going to play music. And that's kind of the way Chuck was. He he was a very brave person in terms of like you know he could have just gone the safe route obviously and just put out another screen bloody gore or, or mm. leprosy or something like that. And, you know, he just, he had to go with how he was feeling and, and, you know, any, any true musician can appreciate that. Absolutely. Mm. Well, you, you, uh, says me, I don't know how you juggle your everything. I've got to say, I've long admired your work at You've got dark angel back up off the ground. And I, uh, I, I remember getting the combat reissues from late nineties, nineteen ninety eight, I think it oh, was. Darkness Ghost? Descends. Right yeah. around then. And right. I remember 
because I had a band before, I was buying things blindly, but I was a young fella and I was getting into a lot of the, the really influential metal that I could find at the time. So I remember buying seven churches and sins at the same time. And the first thing that hit me was, of course, I thinking Metallica ripped you guys off. That was the first thing I remember oh, thinking when I listened to the album. And I know you've already addressed this out there, but apart from being, being famous for having Metallica rip you guys off with, uh, is it one or I think I can't remember, it's one of the two songs that they're... Yeah. That basically it, aped you guys. It indeed, it indeed was one. Absolutely. Did that? As I say, apologies for going over old ground because I know you've addressed this already. But um, oh, heard... I, I, I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> well, when you had the Metallica <laughs> no. version, did you think, guys, this is really, really cut to the bone? Um. Well, you know, it was, it was just kind of what people were doing back then. You know, it's like if you like something that influenced you and stuff. And I always tried to stay away from, from riff sharking directly, but Hey, you know, God, there's, there's moments on darkness descends that were absolutely influenced by like, say a riff from trouble, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Your bastards will pay. I remember that kind of slid that riff into black prophecies sort of thing. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I, it, it, it was kind of like, I remember joking and I've said this before, you know, joking that, you know, cause right around that time after the album came out and then the Grammys started coming around and, and, you know, Metallica was up for the Grammy. I remember joking that if, uh, you know, if Metallica wins the Grammy, then I'm going to sue. And then thank God Jethro Tull won, you know? So I was like, <laughs> oh, God, that, yeah, that, was that, that helps. Cause I'm not going to sue Metallica. You know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, every, everybody owes their, if you're a thrash metaler, you owe your career or your love of thrash metal to Metallica. So, hmm. yeah. you know, I'm glad that I'm glad we could help you guys win the Grammy. You guys couldn't do it without us. <laughs> you're welcome. Agreed. You know? <laughs> Definitely. You know. But what's... that was fun. I remember a bunch of buddies calling me up when when you know I hadn't heard one yet, but I guess they were like playing it on the radio, little advanced track off the the next. You know Metallica record, and mm-hmm. I hadn't heard it, but I was getting calls from buddies going, "Holy balls, there's Dark Angel all over that!" And I'm like, "Okay, cool. Well, I'm sure we robbed from them in the past, so it's okay, guys." Oh, good. Yeah, that's a good attitude to take. Ultimately, I mean, there's no point with these things getting your knickers too much in a knot. I don't think you, it's kind of you know Absolutely. what's the you know imitation being the highest form of flattery, and it's Metallica copying you guys. Pretty bloody flattering. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and I wasn't about to just put an end to my own career by suing Metallica. You know, I'm yeah. just, I would have been, I would have been known as, hey, he's the guy that sued Metallica. You know, and and probably lost. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I, no, no way. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it was, it was nice and it was fine, and and it makes for a fun story thirty years later. You know, it's pretty cool. Yes, yeah. But what, what's the reason then for getting back together and coming to Australia? Is unfinished business for you here, or is this just purely for the love of metal? Um, it's 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 more for the love of metal, and it's for the love of my guys in Dark Angel. You know, it's like if there is an interest in the band from people that will reach out to us and say, "Do you guys want to come down here and play Australia or play any market that you guys haven't played?" Like. The guys in the band, after Dark Angel went our, you know, just just went by the wayside back in the early 90s, um, I kept on with my career and doing my stuff. And I know the rest of my guys, they got involved in their lives. And, mm-hmm. and so now it's like if an Australia 
or a or a New Zealand or a South America or somewhere wants to reach out and say, hey, we're interested in having you guys come down here. Of course, we're going to do it. You know, it's like and throughout the years I've spoken with, you know, I mean, Australia, the thing I love about Australia, I've always loved about Australia is you guys love it heavy. You know, there's yeah. there's there's no there's no no effing around with, you know, oh, yeah, this, you know, just just whatever. Australia has always dug the heavier, more brutal aspects of metal. And I do, too. So it's like if Australia has reached out, you're darn tootin' we're going to do it. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. we've got a few shows booked for for, I guess, the end of winter. Your yes, yeah, your yeah. that's right. So beginning of spring. Yeah. And so we're super excited. You know, it's going to be the first time the guys have been down there. And yep. it's as as all the other touring bands of Australia know, it's, it's, it's a challenging tour. You know, it's super fun. The fans are some of the best in the world. But the travel, cool. you know, it's like it's, it's, yeah. it's a challenge on the on the 20 year old man. So um but I'm stoked for it. I'm glad the guys are going to be able to do it. And I'm glad to be able to bring Dark Angel down to a place that has, you know, I mean, I've talked to a lot of Australian fans over the years and they're like, mm. hey, what about Dark Angel? And so, hey, now it's time for the Australian fan. Everybody that's ever come up to me over the past 20, 20 something years, you know, <laughs> it's like now, now we are coming. You know, do you think Dark Angel will ever come? Well, we are. So it's up to you guys to get out there and catch catch the shows and and. We're stoked. It's going to be a killer show. We're going to be on fire, so it's going to be awesome. So are you, are you playing me, Darkness Descends, like one of those shows where you play the album back to front, or is it a greatest hit style setup? Uh, it's just a Dark Angel set. I don't even know if we have greatest hits, but in our set anyway, regardless, we put five songs from Darkness in the set, you know? So... Yep. Um, that's always the way. I, I know there's been times when we have not played Hunger of the Undead and Black Prophecies. Well, hell, I'd love to play Black Prophecies to show. Maybe mm -hmm. I'll talk to the guys about bringing <laughs> cool, that please. one in. But it's we, you know, we're just going to go through through our catalog, go through the album catalog, play you know a couple songs off. We have arrived. Darkness, leave scars. Time does not heal. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, you know, have, have a good hour, hour and fifteen minute set, hour and a half set, whatever we are requested. We'll. We'll play the allotted amount and just try to try to bring some Dark Angel music to everybody and put a smile on everybody's face and you know let them go cool. I find you know there's something I could scratch off my list. I, hmm. I got yeah, to see Dark Angel and same year, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, it's definitely at that level. Uh, you know, you're you're with us and Exodus in these sort of bands that I honestly got ever see in Australia. But here we are having a conversation about you guys come. So I'm glad that you have had feedback over the past 20 odd years from Australian. And, and I'm really glad also too that you're recognizing the Australian fans of extreme music. I think um, that in Australia, compared to a lot of other places, it's fairly commonplace for the casual fan to have picked an extreme metal act that they like, like a morbid angel or like that. And they generally don't dive a lot deeper than, than say some of the bigger hits, if you like. But when I say bigger hits, okay. you know, the, the emptiness, this sort of stuff, you know. But at least there's that right. willingness for the casual fan to get into extreme metal here. And I think that really augurs well for a, a I don't know whether our domestic scene's as strong as probably what it could be. But the go is with that. But um, 
meaning that I think there's some good bound, but they're just not that well supported. But in terms of international touring acts, man, we're there. So it's so glad that, that yeah. you've been here many times, mate. Testament, strapping up Devon himself. Um, Absolutely. You know, you've got a real finger on the pulse for these sort of things. Absolutely. I think that's awesome, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, God, I go back with Australian metal, you know, back to Hobbs, Angel of Death and yeah. things like that, you know, remember the old Mortal Sin and stuff like that and, and then the Destroyer 666 <laughs> and stuff like that, which is, you know, it's, you guys, I appreciate anywhere that, that really digs the extreme stuff because it's like, okay, I, I identify with you. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to come go to battle for you. You know, let's, let's, let's bring a killer show down there. You know, Australia was the first place that really got behind strapping young lad when, mm. you know, the, the rest of the world at the time, when we put out city, um, everybody was, you know, the press was into it. You know, we were like the press darlings for, for people, but that doesn't mean it equates to, fans digging your band uh but australia was the first place that i totally got behind strapping so that's why we we kept going down there you know because it's like fuck we've always we always have these killer shows down in australia let's let's figure out a way to get down there on 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 the regular you know so Mm. so that's pretty good let me ask you this question um yeah as i mentioned i've I've long admired your drumming you're like the gene crooper of heavy metal you you've Well, you've got this beautiful swing through your playing, a bit like what Hellhammer does in uh, Mayhem as well, in that it's you, actually, even with, because you've appeared on so many albums, but generally speaking, when I listen to an album for, say, two or three minutes, I can go, yeah, that's Gene on drums. Um, Oh, that's fun. Yeah, but it's, it's, you know, 90s, okay, so you came through the, uh, through the early 90s, you were still Angel, and of course, you, you, the death stuff, which we've already spoken about. Mm -hmm. Were you sort of looking ahead at the lay of the land in the late 90s? What the hell is going to happen to heavy metal here? I, I, I felt like I was, and that's why I got so into strapping. Um, mm. That was such a perfect, perfect... It's like I... I for, for me, uh, it's like I willed this band to come completely out of the mist, you know, this for, for me, yeah. uh, and, you know, Devin, I just city was so exciting for me, especially, you know, cause as you notice in the movie, uh, in, in the death movie, you know, I was, I was moving away from death at the time, you know, it's mm-hmm. like symbolic was going to be my, my, my kind of final record for them. I was feeling, um, towards the end, and because I was looking for a project like strapping and then along came dev and we had a great chemistry and I was so behind the music me for me city was ah so awesome you know and Indeed. I just love the fact that right down the middle of the album on the on the liner notes it's like hey asshole fuck you and your shitty music <laughs> I love that you know, so, totally yeah. we rule you suck we're the baddest you're not, you know, I just, I loved that. And just so much attitude and we backed it up with, you know, destroying music. And I remember all of our shows down in Australia, you know, so, so that was, it came up, it came along at a perfect time for me where Hmm. I really felt like, you know, I'm, 
I just got out of a project that really likes to look backwards, you know, throughout history for its influence. And I've always liked being a part of the next level. And that's, that's what strapping was. And, and even for, you know, even though maybe a lot of hardcore death metal fans didn't like symbolic or, or individual thought patterns, I did feel like at least drumming wise, you know, we're trying to take things to the next level, you know, like Sean Reiner did on mm-hmm. human laid down a fantastic drum album, you know, just took yep. metal drumming to a, to a new level. I tried to, you know, grab that baton and take it up even further. And for me, strapping was that next level at the time, you know, it's like, nobody's doing this. I don't, I don't care about you fear factory or even ministry. They were kind of safe sounding, you know, what they were doing <laughs> for that industrial metal. Yep. And there were no, there was no boundaries of strapping. You know, you got the drummer that could play anything and you got the singer that could sing anything and mm. all the crazy bells and whistles that went on around it. That's, that's kick ass for me. So that's why strapping came along at a perfect time when I was, I was just, I, I, I love looking towards, towards the future rather than stepping back into the past. And that's why sometimes, you know, dark angel is a little challenging for me, but Hey, dark angel is fun. You know, it's just fun. Yeah getting together with bros, having a good time doing this. It's we, when we went by the wayside back in the, in, in the mid nineties, um, it wasn't because we all hated each other. It's just, uh, we got, you know, it's time to start doing other things. And so mm. it's come around full circle where I get to play with some of my super good bros, some of my best pals where, you know, I've known all these guys since I was a teenager. So, that's why we try to bring a bit of the fun with Dark Angel. So that's that's where I'm able to set aside my uh, uh, proclivities of needing to play the next style, the next level. You know, I can I can kind of put that aside with Dark Angel and just relax and have some fun. You know, Fair that's, enough, that's what yeah. that is. Yeah, I had a chat to Devin about a year and a half, so maybe even two years ago now, um, and we did talk about you uh, conversation. Because I think you're you're the perfect drummer for him. You've said it. You know you can play everything. It's not a boast. You literally can play everything. You're the perfect fall for him. But I'm paraphrasing him here. But he said that he thinks he might have uh, done his dash in terms of he might not be able to work again because not he didn't mention anything negative that went on between you guys. I think. But Devin's a pretty complex guy, and he had to go away and do some things. But I think he said the effect of uh, paraphrasing again, of course, but. That might, I'm not sure that Gene wants to work with me anymore. It was that sort of a thing. Is this, do you think? Um, no, I've got, I've, I got nothing against Dev. You know, absolutely. I, I love Dev and, and love his music. And I'm, you know, I'm super excited that, I mean, I, I, I will flat out admit, I don't pay as close attention to Dev's music. Like, like I used to, um, I'm, I'm just running, doing my own thing a lot, mm. but you know, I always get excited when I see Devin doing exciting things for himself, you know, and that's, that's always awesome, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I love Devin. You never say never to the future. You never know. Um, and, you know, now I see he's going off and doing some strapping stuff in his new, in his new, uh, yeah, you know, D- on the new tour. DVP I've thing, yeah. Good on you, you know, just because, you know, it's just because the band no longer exists, it, it you're the guy that helped create the music there, Dev. You play whatever the heck you want on stage, you know? So 
<clears throat> um, I'm sure he's going to find somebody that's going to do it, you know, do it justice. I, I would imagine. So mm-hmm. I'm sure whoever gets to play drums for him is going to be super killer. So, you know, Dev works with a lot of killer musicians and, you know, he's got Mike Keneally playing with him yep. now or being a part of his project. And that's, that's a great mixture there, you know, cause I, I play with Mike in death clock and yeah. you know, Mike, Mike's a next level musician and he's going to be, he's going to be great working with Dev. They're, they're very similar, you know, very studious, very, very, you know, erudite gentlemen. And so I think that'll, that's a really good, that's a good pairing. You know, I'm, I'm glad those guys are together. So good on that's you, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I'll make this my last question for you. Uh, and it's an obvious question, but I've got to ask. You've done so much. You've achieved a lot. You really are death metals, preeminent death, extreme metals, along with Pete Sand, a preeminent drummer. Um, and Lee Harrison. I've got to put Lee Harrison, of course, from Monstrosity, who's outstanding. But, mate, you, my, my point is you've done a lot. Okay. So when you look back all of the projects, albums that you've worked on, is there a high watermark for you personally? Um, well, in the past, I, I, I go right to strapping, you know, city alien. Those are awesome. And, you know, obviously the death stuff, that was, that's a good, you know, good watermark for a lot of folks there. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to stop at that, you know, like for instance, as, as my career went on a little further, um, there's, there's albums that are very very underground records that i put out like like from the almighty punch drunk that's a really fun killer record that album was called music for them asses and it was some level thrash metal that just like wow this doesn't sound like anybody else and a little after that there was um there was mechanism another vancouver-based band that you can you can find their album on like iTunes and and Spotify and things like that. Their yeah. album was called Inspired Horrific, and that was uh, probably the craziest drumming I've done to date in terms of a uh, whole lot of crazy crazy beats, crazy time signatures, crazy you know mm-hmm. crazy countings and things like that. And it's also pretty pretty catchy. The riffs are killer and the vocals are awesome. we got the heathen from Zimmer's hole does the vocals on that. And yep. that was always killer. And then there's, there's death clock. You know, I, I love playing with death clock. That's one of my all time faves. That's, you know, I love working with Brendan and love doing death clock stuff. And, and, you know, we're, 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 we're death clock is kind of eyeing the future. I, they're, they're, We'll see what happens with Death Clock, but there's um, a spark of life involved in Death Clock that there wasn't cool. not yep. that long ago, so that's fun. We'll see where that goes. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best there. And um, I got to admit, the, the stuff that is kind of rocking me the most for, for what I do is the project that myself and my wife, Lara, have together. Um, okay. And... We don't have a name for it yet. We're writing, but that is the most extreme drumming I'm doing with anything. That's the most extreme music that 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 I'm involved in at the moment, and I'm super stoked on that. And hopefully, you know, sometime in the nearer future, we'll be able to have a release and and start getting out there and doing stuff. But 
I'm super stoked on that because that's absolute next level metal. You know, that's, Sweet. that's the way I me and me and Lara's project. So I'm super excited about that. So, um, but I've got, you know, I'm, I, I couldn't even tell you like my, my catalog, you know, there's times when an album comes up, like <laughs> I'll hear an, in a, I'll hear a, a song somewhere, like at a club or something, you hear it in the background, you know, and yep. somebody's playlist between bands or whatever. And I'm just like, God, that sounds so familiar. And somebody will point out, that's you, dude. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> oh, you know, I forget, you know, shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great answer. Yeah, because there are so many. You know, there's Testament as well. Uh, there's Demonic here on that album. Uh, that was a good album. Actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah it was a good album. Yeah, Came that's, out of... that's my favorite Testament album. Flat. Yeah, album. likewise. You know, yeah. I, and you know, I, I, I will see if we ever play any song from that live. I, I've been playing with Testament for eight years, and we have not played one song off Demonic. Ever. That's a show. Yep. Hopefully but we shifts. play the piss out of the gathering, and we play songs off the ritual, and you know all that sort of stuff. But hey, yep. I'm all for playing demonic. I'd come out and play any song off that. <laughs> yeah, killer, killer version of that one. But oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Mate, it's been it's been great to have a chat to you. Thank you so much for doing it. I'm I'm gonna I've got two kids these days. One of whom is beside me here right now. <laughs> She's just come in to uh, say hello. Um, but I, I oh, find it <laughs> I find it very difficult to get out of uh, get out at, at uh, on weekends and stuff just with two young kids, mate. But if there is a show that I'm going to try to go to, it's your one. So good oh, luck well, with that's, it. That's okay. Thank you. <laughs> no worries at all, mate. All right. Well, thanks very much for the conversation. Appreciate it, mate. I'll take you, Andrew. Uh, likewise, and hey, we'll we'll catch you. We'll catch you down there in a couple months. Absolutely. Um, I I got to admit, I'm I don't have the dates memorized yet. But if we could mention the dates, and also I'm doing some clinics while I'm out there. I didn't some know drum that. clinics. At, there you go. At some of the local places. So I'd like to mention that if we could. And um, I'm I, I admit this 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 press day got dropped on I'm, I'm doing a press day today and it got dropped on me an hour and a half ago <laughs> oh, okay. so i'm rather unprepared but i would like to mention that we are playing all those shows in australia and i'm also doing uh three three i think three clinics three or four clinics directly right after the, the last show so uh everybody pay attention keep your eyes open watch your social medias and we'll we'll keep everybody abreast on on what exactly is happening where and when yeah, I'll um, I've got a podcast series, so I always tell people what into the conversation is, and also the dates of the show. So I'll just track down. Very cool. Where the uh, all right, appreciate the, that. Thank you. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, God, that's that's what we've got to do, Matt. We're here to spread the good word. But uh, no, I'll, I'll try and find. Yeah, right. You go. Um. I'll find the the dates for you. Oh, I'll find it afterwards, mate. But yeah, I'll I'll definitely put the dates clinic. Go. Your clinic in there, mate. So Fantastic. that's great. I appreciate that. Very cool, man. <laughs> nice work, mate. All right, congratulations again on a wonderful career, mate. Keep, please keep on doing what you're doing, as I'm sure you will. Thank you, Andrew. I will not stop. Absolutely, I'll be doing this for years and years and years. So I appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure, mate. No worries at all. Good man. All right, brother. Well, hey, man. We'll see you in a couple of months and have some fun, man. High five, mate. We'll do absolutely. Right <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks. Cheers, mate.
You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject you just heard from was the one and only drum god himself, Gene Hoglan. Thanks so much for listening.